Hey, Colin. Uh, yeah, Cadence. Do you like media and entertainment that's badass? <laughs> Durr. Do you like media and entertainment that's bitchin'? Uh, yeah. And how about a little bonkers? Uh, hails, yeah, throw that in there. Then I think you might like this thing called the B-Watch Rewatch. Oh, God. Are you trying to <laughs> promote the podcast I'm actively doing with you right now? <laughs> a little busy working. <laughs> cool intro. All right. Well, let's get started. Let's get into it, guys. <laughs> everybody oh hi welcome to our special christmas episode christmas okay cadence really doesn't like christmas as we found out last episode like a crazy person but she does enjoy a good old-fashioned really good christmas movie (laughs) it's maybe the only redeeming thing about christmas is the just sheer amount of amazing christmas content that gets pumped out a christmas prince a princess switch very prolific handcuffs we got the one that we're doing today which is santa girl santa girl and we're kind of i know that we like really love to do like more old school stuff that's like a little bit further back than 2019 but this movie came out this is what i'm gonna call a preemptive classic like there's no yeah. creativity in the title but it's filled with a creative crazy plot and i just promise it's not as offensive as things killing no <laughs> things killing was so insane and this is very family friendly yeah this is a very a, family it's friendly. very family there friendly. are no turkey yeah there's there are no, no turkey, turkey condoms. condoms there's no gravy flavored condoms in this uh no, but basically um, street walking turkeys all right so to give a little summary what do you want to the say? The conceit <laughs> is that Santa Santa has a daughter and oh also okay, let me start over. <laughs> wow, that he literally this, just started. <laughs> let me back this up. Um in this I just want to set the stage that in this particular Christmas slash Santa slash North Pole world, Santa is he owns a Fortune five hundred esque company. Mm-hmm. It's so a big deal. Her, Christmas is kind of like a for-profit situation. Think of, think of it as like Jeff Bezos with Amazon. It's kind of that vibe. Yes! Just take out all like the magic and cheer and goodwill nature of it. Like Santa is down to brass taxes. He's a hard so ass. A bona fide hard ass has, like Sean. Oh man, Sean has a thing or two to learn. So Santa has a daughter who is uh, the titular Santa girl. And... In order, the conceit is that he needs her to do something that <laughs> <The> will. <riveting. laughs> really capturing the listeners. <laughs> really capturing their attention. Okay. Maybe we should just start. <laughs> okay, how about we just don't give a summary? Okay, let's jump in. All right, so we open up. It's a winter wonderland. Mountains, snow, trees. You're like, where the F is this place? 
And oh. then we pan out and there's a castle. A, huge, a castle in the snow. beautiful castle that you are like, this can't be real. This has to be something made up. And we, the exterior is just gorgeous, but then we get it to the interior. And, and um, <laughs> we're just like in a house in the suburbs, guys. We're just in a big mansion. It's like a show house in Phoenix, Arizona, like just a big show house that was built in like maybe three days <laughs> mm-hmm, one of those that goes up super fast sells for tons of money but you can hear every Everything. sound the through walls the walls are made out of paper. Yes, we're assuming just, it's a sh- yeah it's, it's just poster board <laughs> just, just poster board we'll just say that up. we'll just say that the magic is lost a little bit once we go into the interior um bless their little hearts they're trying heart. they try so anytime we're talking about this let's call it the mccastle the mccastle in the sky mm-hmm, the mccastle and there's a lot of hustle and bustle going on there's a lot of tiny people mm-hmm. who we presume are elves because they've got pointy ears. ears and they're wearing little green classic elf elven attire and they're making hot chocolate and hanging peppermints and there's paper snowflakes everywhere so instantly we're like okay this is a very christmasy style interior and you're like why are all these why are all these little elves bustling what what are they bustling for so we see one elf in particular and we learn her name is pep short for peppermint peppermint. pep for peppermint and she walks into a bedroom of someone who has just apparently given up on (laughs) Any kind of responsibility. The room is a total mess. There are claws everywhere, old stuff everywhere. It's like, well, who is... So there's a dirty donkey, as Katie's called it earlier, which I don't know how I feel about that. Um, someone's a dirty donkey, and Pep walks in, and there's someone under the covers on the bed. We should take this moment just to say that this is, we're probably too um, revved up about this particular scene because the person, the dirty donkey under the covers does not want to wake up and Pep is in there trying to get her up and going. So she's opening the curtains. She says that she's phrase. She's talking a million miles per hour, trying mm-hmm. to kind of clean up stuff, but you know when it's movie cleanup, so it's just like she's replacing mm-hmm. things in different spots. Yeah, and she says that phrase that's like nails on a chalkboard to any person who's not a morning person, which is Oh my god. And fuck it the worm. Dude, I'll get a different worm somewhere else. I'm I promise you Plenty there's more worms to consume. <laughs> I promise you. I don't you. need that freaking worm in the morning, okay? And so I think, like, that's what I mean, is that Colin and I are, are probably having an overly excitable reaction to this scene, because we... It's offensive. If, in case it's not clear, we freaking hate the mornings. And get so, yes, it's morning. get out offensive AM. to our sensibilities. And so it's visceral for us when we see this. We're like, <laughs> oh my god, someone's Pep. getting stabbed in the face. Because Pep actually rips off this candy cane comforter <gasps> and underneath you see this beautiful young woman who is not an elf she is a, a human-esque type female and pep pulls it off and she's just like pep you dirty bitch and she <laughs> twinkles her nose and there's little a little bit of a bewitched out, situation and happening. the comforter comes back on her so now we know that this is someone she's got a little bit of magical powers yeah like kagan said a little bewitched status going on yeah so who is this mysterious magical like little donkey <laughs> Dirty donkey. First off, so Pep is like, yo, homie, wake up. You've got so many obligations. You've got to sign Christmas cards. You've got to take pictures with kids. The elves are looking forward to hearing your speech. You're very clearly understanding like, okay, this girl's kind of magic. There's a bunch of elves. What could possibly be her job? It kind of becomes clear little by little. So we see her in the next shot. Um, 
And she's doing these duties. So she's taking photos and she's signing autographs. And all of a sudden, the hallway clears and there is a group of people power walking towards her. You know that classic movie scene where it's like the girl, like in Mean Girls, when they're walking down the hall, the slow motion. And mm-hmm. the best thing about this is they literally are all... My brings all the boys to the yard. <laughs> all wearing, like, regular business attire, but someone mm-hmm. just kind of glued, like, tinsel to them. Like, their shoes like are just kind of wrapped. <laughs> yeah, wrapped glitter, in, like, glitter pipe cleaners. Glittery pipe cleaners are their and shoelaces. it zooms out and you see, a, you would assume at this point, Cadence and I were assuming it's Santa Claus. They took Santa in a... A very new and radical direction in this particular <laughs> film. He's, I mean, like in this universe, like Santa's a very for profit kind of guy. Yes, he's like, think of Jeff Bezos working Amazon. Like he is a, a no nonsense business mogul, and you can tell by the suit. And he's no such look- thing as Christmas cheer. Like this is <laughs> this is a business we are going to operate efficiently, and profits and margins are of the utmost importance. And he's like, no, the more we pay in overtime, the less we have in our quarterly earnings. No go. The union isn't going to like that. <laughs> so what's new? Set up a lunch with the union rep. What's his name? Pickles. Pickles, sir. Pickles is head of accounting. Yeah, whatever. Listen, elves need to make toys as much as toys need to be made. I mean, he's having a business meeting as he's walking in this line down the hallway yeah, that's with how his various elf uh, apprentice people. It's like the North Pole is like a Fortune 500 company or something. It is very intense. <laughs> hey, that and castle, w- that exterior castle is not going to run itself. <laughs> but keep in mind build itself or pay for itself. that he's still walking down a hallway that is like a home hallway, like a Phoenix, Arizona home hallway. I just want to also specify for a visual that he doesn't like, so he has white hair, yes, but he's much more chic than the normal Santa. He has a small white goatee. He does not have a big beard. He does not wear a red suit. <laughs> I don't want to. That's guy, offensive to I don't him. Know he wears about... a very tailored three piece suit with a pocket square. So he is Santa, but make it chic. <laughs> and we learn that. This girl's name, the dirty donkey from earlier, we learned that her name is Cassie. And she sees Santa coming down. And this is where you learn that Cassie is chic business Santa Claus's daughter. You do know it's summer, right? I'm supposed to be on vacation. Vacation from your many responsibilities. Well, you've inherited your mother's sense of humor, but unfortunately, not your father's business savvy. And both will be necessary when you take over the company. Dad, I want to find myself. Oh, oh, hey, hey, let me help you out. (gasps) There you are. You're Cassandra Claus. You're at the North Pole. You're in your father's workshop, and it's where you're meant to be. Cassandra Claus. Thank you very much. Cassandra Claus. And (laughs) that is why she had all these obligations, because I guess it's kind of like a monarchy, and she's the princess, so she has all of these, like, Christmas uh, things to take care of. I had no idea Santa Claus even had a daughter, but that's this thing that we're learning and that she has so much responsibility. Cassie obviously is like not feeling it. She wants to be her own autonomous person and she wants a little more freedom. And she's just a child. I mean, she's like 18. Yeah, she's like 18 and she's just kind of like that classic, like, I don't want this. Then she's like, come on. Nobody wants me. They want you with the beard and the red suit. They don't want some Santa girl. And he's like, people tend to lower their expectations when you're handing out presents. So he doesn't like try to make her feel better. He's not like you have your own special magic. He's just 
like, yeah, people won't care that you're a lame woman. Yeah, don't sweat it. it. You're not Santa. You're not to my uh, status. So just don't worry about it. Suck it up. Do it. And he's talking about tonight. What happens tonight is a ball honoring the tooth fairy. Mm-hmm. And they are also very bitchy about her. So the tooth fairy, huh? Oh, I know. She's a bit eccentric. Eccentric? She's alone. They call her names. They say she's crazy. Don't know why. The don't fairy. know the history there. Don't know why they hate the tooth fairy so much. I would love to hear <laughs> more about this next time. tooth fairy did something to piss off the Santa crew. And <laughs> we just need to know about it. Ticked. There might be a West Side Story situation breaking out later. But essentially he's saying this ball that we're going to tonight is essential for the growth and maintain maintenance of our business so you have to be there and i don't care if you want to be there or not you absolutely have to be this there this is where we see santa being a bona fide hard ass i mean he oh, runs geez. this fortune 500 santa company to the ground no <laughs> no that's a bad thing that's a bad thing he runs it like a tight ship yeah Maybe. runs a tight ship is a runs good a tight one. ship so she's in her room and we see more footage of this beautiful interior home mm-hmm. and the she's McCaffle. getting ready and sure enough pep like loses her damn mind <laughs> and starts freaking out and falling down the stairs and running and tripping over things and she goes into cassie's room and she's like miss cassie are you all right and we learn that cassie i think unbeknownst to her father applied to a university why is she freaking out? It's because the it's letter. well, it's a letter. We don't know yet. I can't open it. You do it. Okay. No, I'll do it. That's fine too. No, you. I didn't get in. Of course not. You did, Miss Cassie. You got in. I got in. You got in. I got in. And Cassie's been accepted to a random university. Do we actually know? Does it say what university she? You know what? To? I don't think it does. I think say it just what makes university. it very vague. Some wintry. Uh, eastern university so they're just obviously ecstatic but they're like fuck how do we keep this from business santa because obviously i've got all these obligations oh he's gonna kill me and cassie's like i guess i'm gonna have to tell him tonight at this very very important which is always a good idea anytime there's a really like important gala ball type thing i've learned this from watching real housewives I love Real Housewives of Beverly Hills. It's really sad, and I understand how I sound right now. But they love bringing up the worst stuff at the most intense occasions. <laughs> and I, it's like a wedding, and all of a sudden they're just like, I have to tell you something. And it's like, no, <laughs> yeah, just so wait till the freaking wedding's over. But Cassie really needs to tell him at this specific event. So she's getting ready, and we are going to meet them at the ball. All right, guys, so we are at the party for that bitch the tooth fairy that <laughs> i don't know likes. why we're celebrating that bitch but, but we're at the gala for the tooth fairy in the kingdom of dentalia mm-hmm. which it sounds i don't know how i feel about that word dentalia. a little bit like you don't want to say that in a public place <laughs> so but they're that's at where this they are. kingdom of dentalia which looks to me like the rooftop at an la bar um, there is right. no significant significant signification that this is anywhere outside of just a rooftop bar. And mm-hmm. um, we have Santa Claus looking around. And sure enough, the Tooth Fairy's son slowly hovers over. Guys, his wings. <laughs> are so he's the- a full grown man. <laughs> and his wings are like maybe six inches. Like imagine the wings of like a full size Atlas moth. Like those big moths. That's how big his wings are. <laughs> And he's slowly so smooth too. He's like doing finger guns and he's got like an ascot. (laughs) He He is, and he's literally hovering 
three, they make a note to show it that his feet are hovering like no fucking joke, like two inches off the ground. And they just, so you're like, what good, what, what good are wings at this point? All right. Like what good are wings? Just, I don't think you're making a case for your wings right now. They feel superfluous. So he just feels like the tooth fairy bell of the ball going around finger gunning, pew, pew, hovering two inches above the ground with his baby Oh, I'm sorry. Wings. Can you hover two inches above the ground? And he approaches Santa Claus and he has this, he's uh, almost approaching Santa Claus like to talk about just regular holiday stuff. And then it slowly segues into kind of a bizarre conversation. Because he, he starts out saying, you know, Mr. Claus, you're a businessman and I respect you. So let's get down to brass fillings. Uh, inflation. Teeth used to go for a quarter. Now kids want 10, 20 bucks. I mean, what are we talking about? Am I right? No idea. What are we talking about? I'm talking merger. See, you have the liquid cash. We have an army with wings. We help with toy distribution. You help with tooth cash. Bing, bang, boom. Both holidays are locked in. Kids are happy. Life moves on. Inflation is out of control. <laughs> it's wild, the pr- price it's, of teeth. Uh, it's getting, like, real dicey, and I have a proposition for you. Like, we all have wings. Um, you <laughs> Tiny could baby have, wings. Like, we could help you um, disperse gifts a lot faster. And then you win, we win, we can merge. And... And A, and we can have let's, not, fairy let's not kid ourselves. That would not increase the speed at all with a bunch of people hovering three inches, three inches above, above the, ground, the ground. That would not do any good. Slowly coasting from world. house to house. Let's just that just get that out of the way. You're not doing anybody any favors. And I think Santa definitely knows that. He's like, bitch, are you serious? All you do <laughs> yeah. is hover. I'm not gonna need you to to give out gifts, trust me. But Thanks, this but no thing. But this son, this tooth fairy's son, he's just so really think- wanting to go into business with the claws. Well, that's that's the impression. Like, you're very like, okay, he's making a business proposal. But then he throws you a curveball and he's like... My mother, the uh, tooth fairy, she's single and ready to mingle with you. You know, my mom, the tooth fairy, she's lonely and she could use some company. And I'm like, are you oh, at this no. point? Are you trafficking your he's mother? pimping out his mom. Like, it's not going fairy. well financially. So you're proposing a business deal, but you actually have no finances <laughs> and in, in- for which to execute the deal. So you're going to trade your mom. And we also, I would just like to do a side note. He keeps saying my mother, the tooth fairy, and it pans <laughs> over to this woman in a ball gown. <laughs> Full ball gown, baby little it's wings. Like a, She's got like a, a scepter. Dress. It's a prom dress. She's got a tiara on. And she just keeps looking up and winking at Santa. Mm-hmm. And we also learn actually something really important with this conversation, too. That Mrs. Claus, may she rest in peace. She has passed. Uh, the tooth fairy's yes. son makes a comment about, you know, it's been a while since your wife has passed. Maybe it's time to look at my tooth fairy mom in a different way and stop talking shit about her behind her back. Just kidding. He didn't say <laughs> that. Everybody but. knows that we are. <laughs> everybody knows. knows that you're doing it. So, so I also, well, I also just want to say that at the end of this conversation, he's getting super annoyed with the tooth fairy's son and he's done. And he says something that I'm basically going to make my mantra for the rest of my life. I'm going to walk away from you now, but it's only because I don't like you or what you have to say. And he just <laughs> leaves. And I was just like, that's has been me in every single party situation that's I've I ever love. been in. I mean, I'm having I'm deciding if I love or hate this Santa. He's a bona fide hard ass, but he's also 
real good businessman, but he's not a very good dad, but he also says how he feels. So I'm like on the fence of how I feel about this Santa. My introversion is like, it's a double-edged sword, but the thing about it that's really frustrating is that I don't have it in me in social situations or like parties or like work networking things to like pretend like I want to be talking to someone. I don't have that skill. So the second that I'm in a conversation that I absolutely do not want to be in, have no patience for and have no interest in, I will just stop talking. And there have been situations that I have been known to just like walk away mid conversation (laughs) And so someone will be talking to me and then I'll just slowly like slink out. (laughs) And so at one point, Jed's like, you're going to have to find a way to exit these conversations. That isn't uh, just ghosting people. Looks like the food's going. Got to get there before it's gone. Anyway, that's going to be on my t-shirt. This was a conversation that happened. And now Santa's kind of flustered and he's walking over. And sure enough, he sees Cassandra there and she is ready to tell him the news. And she decides that at this moment... That's the right moment. Okay, so I applied to college, and I got in. Yay! (laughs) Education is super important. You say that, right? Your mother said that, not me. I don't understand. Why would you want to leave the North Pole? First of all, the climate is terrible. There's total isolation. And I don't have any friends. Okay, and and the elves just cater to my every whim, and... Well, how terrible for you. I don't like it, Dad. He's like, absolutely not. And here's another pivotal part of what we're learning in the storyline. He's like, you cannot. You are betrothed. No, you are going to apprentice in the family business. And then this Christmas, you're going to marry the Frost Bowl. I don't want to marry someone I've never met. Well, the Frost family and ours have a very delicate alliance. And you have been betrothed to Jack Jr. since you're three days old. And we're like, Jack Frost? Who the hell? Then you learn that Jack Frost is somehow related to Kris Kringle. Because who freaking knew that there was like this much politicking slash trafficking (laughs) in the Christmas world? Or like, yeah. Fairyland world, like mystical creature world. Mystical creatures. And he's like. Because we, because this is where Santa's like, listen, don't turn your nose up to this marriage because my marriage to your mother was an arranged marriage because we needed use of the reindeers and her dad had complete control of the reindeer population so don't he knock also it until like, you try it yeah he's also don't knock it until you try it but I loved your mom Cassandra right so he had an arranged marriage for the reindeer <laughs> dowry I guess but um, it ended up being a really good marriage and he loved his yep, rest in peace exactly. old wife and so they're like Caden said I just had no idea I'm like they need to do like a documentary on all of the ways that these people interact and like you said all of the politicking and this oh i pay so much money i want to see it i'm so so interested so she's basically just saying cassandra she's like dad are you kidding me this is so crazy i don't want to do this i wouldn't be happy i don't care about jack Frost's son i don't even care about jack frost and he's basically just setting the he's like i don't give a jack (laughs) i don't give a jack about Frost frost or his son and the dad's like girl i'm not having this conversation this is not the time not the place the tooth fairy mom is looking at me and I'm I am getting the and eyeball home. and I need to leave. All right. So the party has ended. Santa was upset. The conversation ended. Not very good for nor Cassandra, nor Cassandra, neither Cassandra <laughs> or business Santa. And it is now inside of our McCastle in a kitchen. 
And you and guys, the, it's a regular kitchen. They literally just put one poinsettia on the table they, to make it Christmas. There's a very regal pillar <laughs> There is a very regal pillar that has white or a gold pipe cleaner around it. So you know that you are in some place You are special. in Christmas land. So basically, Business she's coming... Business Santa is feeling really introspective about mm-hmm. what happened. Mm-hmm. He's kind of like, maybe I didn't deal with that conversation as well as I could have. And yeah. what do you know? Who comes down to the old McKitchen in her pajam jams? To get a little midnight snack. But Cassandra. Cassandra. So she comes down and he starts talking to her. And basically he says... Whether you think so or not, Family business is important. Children are counting on it. I know. And this merger with Jack Frost will ensure that Christmas will go on and on and on. And to that end, you will marry the heir to the Frost Kingdom. Is that understood? Got it. Well, then I suppose a semester studying abroad wouldn't hurt anything. Daddy, really? So long as you come back this Christmas... You marry the Frost Boy, you take over the business. There's no complaints, there's no belly aching. You understand? Is it a deal? Deal. Your mother would have been so proud of you. And she's like, Daddy! And I just want to say, briefly as a side note, literally nothing makes my skin crawl than the like grown women using the word Daddy. I know, I just don't Don't like get it. it. Don't understand it. And it's not even necessarily that it's like sexualized. It's just weird. It's weird. I would. Ne- I just yeah, couldn't I do it. Like it. But he it does... would get stuck in my throat if I tried to say it to, to our dad. I'd be like, can't do it. He says, you know what? I thought about it. And there's no harm with you going away for like a semester. But None. You, but he also kind of guilt trips her a little bit because he's like, you have yeah. to come back and get married to Jack Frost's son so that we can inherit the Frost Kingdom and Christmas can go <laughs> on and on and on. Obviously. And all the children... You owe this to the children. This is the first time Business Santa has said anything kind of about kids or Christmas. I was saying that like so precise, but as I'm saying it, I'm like, this is the most ridiculous conversation. Just so we're clear, the Frost Kingdom is at stake. (laughs) The Frost Kingdom is at stake. And if they lose this Frost Kingdom, I don't think Christmas can continue because they're becoming just this massive monopoly. Like Santa Claus is just running the whole show. (laughs) So basically, to summarize, he's letting her go to this university for one semester in the and agreement that she is coming back to get married to Jack Frost's son to secure the Frost Kingdom so Christmas goes on. So he's like half being generous and the other half is like, I'm doing this, but only so you'll do what I want you to do. He, it's manipulative to it's say business the least. Santa. He's business Santa. He's got to do. Uh, I shouldn't say manipulative. Santa. He's just executing business. <laughs> just taking, <laughs> taking care of business. Now we are in business Santa Claus's office and he is meeting with this t- terrifying i just cadence and i cannot be more Guys. vocal and clear about this he is a more terrifying clear. looking jack frost he's, oh, he's what nightmares I mean, are made of like oh my god how is this like the makeup choices they made for him he's wearing these bizarre obviously fake light blue contacts so his eyes are just hugely blue with little baby pupils spiky gray hair blue 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 frosted <laughs> it's like lipstick. that lipstick that the girls used to wear in like the early 2000s you know what i'm talking about it was huge oh, the chapstick do that i was, know what yeah, you're talking about chapstick. i wore it and overall the guy just looks terrifying like i no disrespect to the actor who played mr jack frost but they made some yeah, bold choices some and bold we will absolutely choices. be showing you a picture of jack frost and they always they always 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 lit him with a blue light <laughs> 
And so... So that things like sort of glow <laughs> on his person and his teeth glow and it's like stuff. like a backlight. And so all the other lights are normal. And then someone's just holding a blue light like to the side of him. And it is such a bold it's, choice. Yeah. He's very scary looking. We will send a picture. He is in the office of Mr. Business Santa. And they're having, again, this bizarre conversation. What? Yeah. Calm down. No, we have an agreement. Our children will marry. Our empires will merge. Cassie. Going away to school changes none of that. Besides, your son's been going away to school for years now. Ah, an all-boys boarding school. Not a college with parties and dances and shenanigans. What happens if she refuses to come back? I will not have my family's fortunes resting on the whims of a flighty teenage girl. I hear your concerns. Our merger is secure. My daughter is level-headed and responsible. And she is going away to school. That's your final decision? It is. I would keep a close eye on your daughter. So it's like, A, there's obviously like sex trafficking going <laughs> on. And it's B, arranged marriage. he says. I would call it sex trafficking. But I mean. Arranged marriage. They're going to get married for financial gain. And, and the girl still, has no say in it. It a little, feels right. like trafficking. But it also feels like, what is Jack Frost's motive? Because he keeps saying, like, if she doesn't marry my son, you don't inherit Frost Kingdom. And therefore, you don't get to continue Christmas. But so why is Jack Frost, like, what so, is but he's also motive like, in this whole thing? Right. Because he if they don't get married, then he gets to I keep know, Frost right? Kingdom. <laughs> that feels like a win for him. It would seem like he would want to keep, yeah, he would want to keep Frost Kingdom. And the other thing that's really important that comes from this meeting is that he's like, well, somebody, maybe me, is going to have to keep a close eye <laughs> on your daughter. Um, so Jack Frost gets up and leaves the office. As soon as Jack Frost leaves, Pip runs in. So she comes in and he's like, listen. So look, Pip, you have been my daughter's personal elf for a long time now, right? I know. She can be a little difficult. I have a special mission for you. Without my daughter's knowledge, I basically need you to go and keep an eye on her at this university. She's like, oh my God, I can't go to the real world. Like, I don't know anything about it. And he's like, just freaking go. And that's where we end this scene. The exterior is that we are now transitioning into what everyone in the North Pole calls the real world. And we mm -hmm. see that it's a college campus and there are a bunch of people Moving into dorms for the first time. And like I said, good for Santa for making the effort to go with Cassie to like help see that she gets there safely. But um, it is, we would just like to note that it is kind of strange because Santa Claus needs to practice what he preaches because he's literally walking past a bunch of like teenage guys Boys. in my dorm and he like. Billy Stevens. Uh, yeah. Naughty. Huh? Chad DeFranco. Naughty. You're naughty. You're naughty. You're naughty. You're naughty. Which out of context is like, okay, there's this old dude walking around just telling all these young guys that they're naughty. Yeah. And he helps. He, he tells Not Cassie like, all right, you're here. And she's like, thank you so much for letting us do this. He says, this is what your mother would have wanted. And he goes, look, I know you think I'm being overprotective. Maybe I am. But this is the real world. This isn't like home. You're, you're special. You're a princess. And you have these unique abilities. And 
people don't understand them, and what they don't understand, they fear. I mean, who you are, where you're from, who your father is. You know, just don't go zipping down any chill. Trust me, you want to fit in, just don't let them know how special you are. Don't go zipping down any chimneys. And don't let anybody know how special you are. So absolutely, under no circumstances, do you promise me that you're going to reveal anything about your true self? And then she says no. But then guess what Santa does in a room filled with people moving into the dorm? Just in the middle of the dorm, in the hallway. He disappears. He disappears. (laughs) He turns into a pile of sprinkles. (laughs) <laughs> and literally pops and just and like um, everybody's like 100 percent sure he just busted it <laughs> that's amazing so after santa disappears and completely contradicts himself because now everybody knows that this guy disappeared and he's they're obviously gonna know something suspicious of hmm there's something weird about this new girl <laughs> he's like don't tell anyone they're gonna hurt you and then he just disappears and it just becomes <laughs> in front a mob of, literally in front of people because one guy drops his cup it's supposed to be funny before he disappears before he just dematerializes in the hallway he hands her a roll of cash that's probably the size of like a paper towel roll, like rolled up, like drug money. And with not a wallet, not an envelope, like nothing, not a debit card, not a checkbook. He really doesn't massive... know what being safe and being, what is it like? I know. In front of means. everyone. Just everyone sees him hand hands his her cash thousands roll, of dollars. Then disappear. And he's like, okay, be safe. <laughs> Be safe. Leave you with a wad of cash and a pile of sprinkles. In front of Bye. all these dudes moving into the dorm. It doesn't make um, any freaking sense. So he tells her, like, this is just for emergencies. Promise me. And so anyway, so that comes into play in a second. So all right. Cassie is doing her best to acclimate to the campus. And so a normal girl. she's just taking a casual walk across the campus. It reminds me of my days at North Pole University. I majored in reindeer psychology. Reindeer are complicated. Okay, just act normal. I don't want to look silly on my first day. Oh. Is this Cassie? Cassie, sis? Oh. You okay? What hit me? An Aaron's Frisbee. Cassie gets popped in the face with a frisb, and she falls into a pile of leaves. And sure enough, Pep runs up to her, and also this very handsome, blonde, blue-eyed, preppy. That's the word I was looking for. I just, like, oh my gosh, are you okay? I just want to insert really quick something that's... This made me remember a trauma from my own childhood slash teens. So he... This guy who um, sees her get hit in the face with a frisbee, he... He comes over to make sure she's okay, and he thinks it's really cute and endearing. But I want to tell you in real life how this goes down, because when I was in high school, I was a cheerleader, and I was standing on the sidelines of a basketball game. So we used to cheer basketball games in a gym, and there was this really big basketball tournament that happened every spring, and all the schools from like a few hundred miles radius would come. And so this was the most people that could physically fit into the gym. They were overflowing into the lobby. There were people standing room only. And I had a habit of flinching every time because we were right on the line. Like we were right, we were on the court. And so I had a habit of flinching every time they would pass the balls to each other if it was right in front of me because I was always convinced it was going to hit me. And my coach was like, you have to be a Marsha Brady. (laughs) She was like, you have to stop (laughs) flinching because it makes you look really silly and you need to have your 
it was very militant, whatever. And she's like, you always have to have your hands on your hips. You can't be flinching every five seconds. So I'm like, fine. And in my defense or in her defense, like they were good past couple players and they never, they never missed. So in this one particular tournament, I was standing stalwart with my hands on my hips and someone chucks the ball across the court. I see it coming for me, but I'm like, Cadence, it's not going to hit you. Someone's going to catch it. They always do. And that's actually not at all what happened. It slammed full speed into my forehead bounced off of my forehead the whole gym of a thousand people simultaneously went oh and then the football player that I had a huge crush on was in the stands stood up and yelled that's a great way to use your head cadence and (laughs) I Good for him for taking that opportunity to take that joke. I died inside. Good on him. <laughs> a little bit. Did you fall completely backwards and just like, yeah, I bet you were not like happy and like, oh, ah. you're probably like, what the <laughs> hell just happened? I, I tried to play it off, but I'm sure my face was 10 shades of red. Yeah, as you can see, I have I'm not carried that with me. You got hit by a you got hit by a ball. It's not that it's that can't be your fault. I mean, I so guess you technically you but got nailed by a ball. I guess maybe it looked I like know. I should In have moved. In high school world, you just <laughs> <laughs> Like why did you just keep standing there? Yeah, I get it. But no one had context. It's a little bit. At least you did at least you didn't break your nose. It wasn't a No, total it wasn't a total Marsha Brady. So what I'm saying is nobody finds this cute and endearing, especially not handsome guys. They're like, ah, <laughs> and then they keep walking. <laughs> That's the moral of the They're story. From the Simpsons. <laughs> yeah, they are. So Cassie gets hit in the face with a big old frisb. Handsome guy runs up to her like, you okay? Can I give you a hand? Yeah, thanks. I'm JR. Blonde haired, blue eyes, tall, slender. Very tall and lean. And, and it's, it, we're only saying this so that you understand because there's we're about to meet a new character. And so you've got the juxtaposition. So just so you have a mental image. This is what JR looks like. And he's like, girl, let me help you up. And instantly, Pep. Wow, you're the prettiest boy I've ever seen. Pep is getting real pepped. She up. gets right in the middle She's of that She's like, sandwich. you smell really good. What's going on? And she makes it really awkward, but he's just like, all right. And Cassie's... Going with the flow. She's like... Oh, I'm, I'm Cassie Claus, and this is Pep. Her sister. Claus? Like, like Santa Claus? Nope. Nuh-uh. No way! <laughs> That's crazy. That's ridiculous! Okay. No relation. He says, can I escort you to the library? And she's like, yes, but first, Pep, get the F out of here. Go get my jacket. And... Obviously, Cassie's still treating Pep like a slave elf, even though she gave her this whole She's been like, I want you to be my equal. I want you to be my sister. Sister. But I'm feeling a little chilled. Do you mind running all the way back to the dorm and grabbing my jacket? Pep is obviously stuck in her, you know, it's hard to break those habits. So, boom. And they use this as an opportunity to ditch her. Like, they full on are just like, is this so naughty? But, like, we're going to leave. Is that bad? And JR is like, it is so bad, but let's do it. I think it's yeah, it's kind of a really shitty thing to do, Cassie. Um, so they go to the library, ditch Pep, and the in the library, store, not oh, the sorry, library, the bookstore, right, bookstore, books. And there's a big long line, and we need to one of the other characters. Like we said, the reason we're describing their looks is because now you meet a guy who <laughs> handsome guy. He's on he the looks opposite like a little end. Long, young 
Paul Rudd. He does, but he has, in my opinion, a really bad haircut. <laughs> I mean, I bless his little heart. Have you ever seen Shrek? You know Farquaad, Prince Farquaad. <laughs> he kind of has that haircut going on, which doesn't I, doesn't do him justice. He's got a cute face. But. <laughs> I definitely considered that haircut more of a talk to the manager situation. <laughs> it's like a young Karen, like for a sure. stacked a stacked bob. It's, a it's sassy very bob. sassy. And he's got like Cadence, and he's like got this like young Paul Rudd, and he's a little more like we'll use the word grunge. Like 90s grungy. He's not as put together mm-hmm. as this JR character that she just Lots met. of flannel. Lots pants of flannel, are not yeah. like fitted. Regular just dude. And he's can't afford books because we've all been to college. It's fegging expensive. Ah, okay. <laughs> this isn't happening. Come on. I don't think you understand. That number? That's a price. You give me that amount of dollars in American currency and you get to take the book home. Yeah, no, no, no. That's I. How it works. I get it. I hear what you're saying. I, I get that. But like I said, if the card isn't working, it's a financial aid glitch. Okay. And that's all me. I'm on that. But there's that whole thing where I need books for classes. And if I don't take them now, they're going to get sold out. And then there's that thing where I don't have books for my classes, which is a problem. The woman who's checking him out, she's a college student. Like this is her work job. Like, you know, those, um, the things that pay for your tuition, you trade or whatever. Yeah. <laughs> Like, trade yeah. and and would be like, oh man, this sucks. Like your financial aid's not in. Yeah, you need to go talk to student aid. No, she's acting. She's so condescending. She's like, oh, I mean, you do know how currency works, right? Like you do know how money works. She how is. we're exchanging goods for money. <laughs> she's a total such bitch. A jerk. She's such sales associate at Zara. So he's he's feeling flustered and embarrassed and because he knows school's line. starting and yeah. he's not going to have his books. And this is where Cassie. This is where she definitely comes from Santa world, like business Santa world, because she pulls out the tor- tortilla. Giant. I was about to say tortilla, <laughs> tortilla roll of, of that, money. The paper towel roll of money. And she's just like, hi, hi, I'm sorry. I'm almost done. You're done now unless you have four hundred ninety eight dollars. If I had any money, I wouldn't be on financial aid. Next. Um, will, will that do it? What? What? Are you for real? I am for real, yeah. Is this, will this work? Aren't these money? papers the monies for you? And it's like $100 bills. <laughs> is money work this way? And everybody's like, who is this girl? Because she ends up paying for this mystery bob. Um, $500 worth of books. Yeah. And JR is like, to the manager. Who is this girl? And everyone in the bookstore, like, she got everyone's attention for the right ways, including the guy that she bought the books for. He's like, and they who all- is this angel? All right, so they get back from the bookstore, and she was Daddy Warbucks throwing all of her cash <laughs> monies all over the table. Making it rain. <laughs> making it rain for the Paul Rudd uh, with the manager's Farquaad. haircut. <laughs> Paul Rudd Farquaad. <laughs> and so they walk back to the dorms, and at this point, JR is just like, you listen, you're checking everything off my box. Like, mm-hmm. you got in the face with the you frizzy. checking all my boxes? You have- <laughs> You're checking everything off my box. No, you're checking all my boxes. (laughs) Oh, no. I didn't. You just thought that was so funny. I imagined like a box with stuff on top of it. And and then just like, check, check. check. (laughs) It just, the visual made me giggle. Okay. So he's like, I'd like to see you again. Well, sure, we're friends. What if I want to be more than friends? Well, I. Don't freak out. I'm not asking you to marry me. Just, you know, maybe a date. Think about it, okay? I'll see you around. 
You're checking all my boxes. You've got hit in the face with a frisbee. You made it rain at the bookstore. You got a quirky sense of humor, and you've got a really cool, not annoying younger sister who I love and want to be around all the time. This is a go from me. So he just basically tells her, "I want to be in a relationship with you right now." Like at this moment, she's、mm-hmm. like, "Can we just be friends, please?" He's almost a little bit like boring robot. A little bit.、Right. He's got a little cocoa in him, as far as he's just bless his little heart. He talks like this, and there's no real emotion. But he's kind of—I don't know if that's like the actor or if that's the、mm-hmm. character he was told. But he to is、play. a little cutie pie. He's a little cutie pie, but he's just a little stiff. I guess let's let's say a little stiff. Oh, and he's definitely <laughs> making pep stiff. <laughs> I was gonna make a joke, and then I was like, you know what? This isn't a Jason Momoa moment. I'm just gonna leave it be. I'll、so- make it. <laughs> I'll make those jokes. <laughs> you can、He's、take it over. He's getting stiff over his daughter claws. <laughs> his daughter claws. <laughs> <laughs> so、uh, after she leaves Jr. outside, she goes back into her dorm room, and who's just sitting there in the dark, like the <laughs> little creepy、darkness. elf on a shelf that she is? Total darkness. Pep is sitting in the dark. Hello, Cassandra. Why are you just sitting in the dark? You scared me. I fetched your sweater for you. Oh wow. I'm sorry. I just I totally forgot. It's funny how you'd forget being so cold and all. But in her defense, she's pissed. She's like, "Oh, I thought you were cold. I thought you would need your sweater, which I have right here, because you asked me to go get it, and then you disappeared." Yeah, dick move, Cassie. Don't get why she's like, "Let's be equals," but I'm not ever going to、so. tell you where I am, and I'm going to hide from you, and you're going to worry about、It's、me、like、all day. day one, too. It's like not a good, not a good start off to this little. Real world relationship. So Pep says, "Now that that's out of the way, what happened with you and the good-looking boy?" Well, um, we went to the bookstore and then we kind of spent the day together. You and the boy with the pretty hair spent all day together. I'm conflicted because a, holy cow, that's awesome, but b, you're engaged. I didn't mean to. I mean, I thought Jr. and I were just becoming friends. You thought. Well, then he told me that he liked me more than friends. That's so naughty. <laughs> that's actually like really naughty. Oh, um, that's naughty. I mean, <laughs> actually, really naughty. And it, <laughs> the way she delivers that line is like just on the cusp of inappropriate. Also, for you, an do you say date? You know, it's they're going on a date. They're not dating.、Right. I hate when people are like, "They're you're dating," and you're like, "No, I'm going on a one date with this." I also think、right、part、now. of the motivation for Pep's overreaction and shaming is that she's freaking. She's in love with Jr. She wants to know what soap he uses for heaven's sakes. Like she's got it bad for him, and so she's <laughs> so kind of trying exactly to like. That's exactly how I felt when I first saw Jason Momoa on Baywatch <laughs>、oh. Hawaii. Oh, I just want to know everything that you spill. Like, yes, please. What shampoo do you use? So. They make peace, and she says, "You know what? I was a I was a bitch. I'm sorry. I didn't mean to leave you." The next couple minutes of the movie are just Cassie like being kooky and learning how to do like real world things.、And、If only there was a Baywatch original theme song, like、I、learning、know. on the campus how、learning、to be a student. How to be Santa's daughter properly in the real world with my alien slave. <laughs> oh, not alien slave, my <laughs> elf slave. I don't know where alien that came from. That took a、from. turn.、Uh, that's a different movie. But anyway, it's like her like. 
learning how to order things. And then she goes to the lunchroom and instead of eating a normal lunch, she gets a pile of cookies and she's eating and she's so cute and quirky. She's from the North Pole, you guys. And she's asking like, I feel like everyone in the North Pole has a really severe like protein and vitamin D deficiency. They're not eating any vegetables. I know. They never see the sun. That is one thing. And um, so, yeah, that was just a little montage. And of she, her we learned that. too. So, we're seeing that she's acclimating to school world. Except for the one thing that she keeps magical, which I have to say, I would do this if I were her. She's never late to class because she can teleport there. So, that's the one thing that she uses that's magical. <laughs> but I have to say that if I had that skill and I would never be late anywhere because I could teleport, I would do it. She is magical that in that sense, just teleporting. And nobody notices that a human body just appears randomly. So she's taken a little break after learning about all these different things. The montage ends. And she is She's in, kind of in like the student center. Yeah, the student center. Where... And she's sipping a little hot chocolate. And who pops by? Whose little Bob is popping by? <laughs> you know like what? a Muppet. He, he just <laughs> He just spoke to the manager and he is <laughs> fired up. He's fired up. So he passes Cassie and he's like, I ain't tight to Oh, you're worth your money. Yeah, that is who I am. I've been looking everywhere for you. You never told me your name. And basically says, I want to pay you back for that amazing gesture of kindness you did. And she's so naive, you guys, that she's like, oh, hi, it's you, the boy with no money. Aww. And it's supposed to be really cute, but it's that's, so that's people, insulting. That's how I was introduced to people for I know. most of my that 20s. That was us in our childhood. That was us in our childhood oh. and me for a lot of my 20s. So, um, I mean, I'm only 28, so most of my 20s. But... <laughs> Just a few years ago, just, just years briefly. Ago. Um, they are obviously kind of have a little connection. He kind of asks her what she's going to do later. And she mentions that she's going on a date with JR. Well, you just skipped right on by that we learned his name is Sam. Oh, and his name is Sam. Yes. So the love triangle introduced each other. becomes Sam, JR, and Cassie. So he wants to hang out with her. He thinks that she's cool. He calls her weird. Kind of weird, huh? That's not very nice. No, no, it's only not nice if I'm saying I don't like weird, but I happen to think there's a significant lack of weird in the world, especially on this campus. I'm a fan. You know what? He doesn't see weird like normal guys see weird. He sees weird as a compliment, and he loves mm-hmm. only weird people, guys. Mm-hmm. He's not like other boys. Mm-hmm. I mean, that he wants haircut. you to be just a little quirky. <laughs> that haircut, very obviously. much not like, other boys. He is not like other boys. <laughs> He's mostly like other suburban moms. <laughs> <laughs> wearing flannel and just flustered for the holidays. And he he, he mentions, it's kind of funny because he mentions like he's definitely going to pay her back. He just got done talking to the manager of financial aid. <laughs> yeah, he did. <laughs> so he was actually talking to the manager of financial aid. So it kind of does make me laugh that she's kind of this charitable goddess, but in the end she gets reimbursed 100% for her donation. So it's not like she's really out anything in this whole interaction. But whatever, <laughs> it was still nice. It was still nice. So in the, they're kind of wrapping up this conversation where he promises that he's going to pay her back. And JR appears. Cassie, hey, you're uh, the guy with no money, right? Uh, JR, this is Sam. What's up? So, Cassie, there's an amazing party tonight, and, well, I need a date. And I need to leave. <clears throat> All right, we'll catch you later, bro. Yeah, sure, bro. Immediately, you sense that there's a little bit of testosterone pumping, mm-hmm. there's a little mm-hmm. bit of jealousy, mm-hmm. and it's it might get tense. 
I also like how her conversation with Sam amidst all of this, she's like, remember how business Santa told her not to be like, be really inconspicuous. Mm-hmm. She's literally like, ah, my she- dad checking lists, writing lists, checking them twice, checking who's naughty <laughs> or nice. And he's like, what the hell are you talking about? Like, she's not, she's right. meant, all she's talking about is weird Christmas stuff. She says that her dad doesn't know what phones are because he still uses scrolls. <laughs> Like, as if Sam, that's not going to set off alarm uh, bells for Sam. On, like, um, I'm sorry, where did about? you say you were from? <laughs> so before they go to the party, they have to um, get ready. So they drop each other off at their respective dorms. They walk each other home. And this is a really important scene because while JR is getting ready, we find out his biggest secret. Because guess who appears well, in the corner of his room. Let's set the scene. With a black light. Let's set the scene. It's snowing. It starts snowing in the hallway of his dorm. And he it's still August, in. you guys. It's still August. It's still August. And he walks in. And like Caden said, in this blue black light of genius, Jack Fregan Frost is there. Jack's scary um, ass yep. face Frost is sitting in the dark with, well, not total dark. It's blue light. but <laughs> <laughs> His teeth are glowing something fierce. And he starts talking to JR and he's like, I'm sorry, Father. I wasn't expecting you. You were to keep me apprised. Class has just started. Do you think I care about that? Hmm? Good grades, Dean's List, big man on campus. Whoa. Do you even remember why I sent you here? To make Cassie Claus fall in love with me. I don't care if she loves you. I only care that she marries you. Do you even remember why I sent you here? What the (laughs) hell is this relationship? And um, you guys, JR is short for Junior. Jack Frost Junior. Oh, what a twist. It is the son of Jack Frost. So at first you're thinking... Oh my god, I can't believe JR is such a douche that he's betraying Cassie, but no, he's not, you guys. Jack Frost Sr. has been manipulating and pulling the strings on this he's like whole the puppet master. shenanigan. He's like the freaking Geppetto puppet master. And JR's like, you're literally following this girl? Like, why are you doing that? He's just protecting his assets. Like, he's invested, and so he needs to make sure that... He's going to be able to. <laughs> so instantly you're like, I can't take believe over Frost Village Frost, or whatever. Frost Kingdom. Hello. Kingdom, you think all this shit's happening village. for a freaking village? No, it's a kingdom. And I would like to note that JR doesn't actually change. He just goes back and talks to Jack Frost and then leaves looking exactly the same as earlier today. And he, he just straightened uh, his collar out a little. <laughs> He's just like, yeah, hey, I'm going to pop this collar a little more. Just. So now I'm left wondering, like, oh, my God, what's their past story? What is JR? Like, does he have a good relationship with his dad? Uh, Mm -hmm. Is Jack Frost a good father to JR? Um, Was JR, did he just apply to this school randomly on his own? Or did his father pull the strings? Do we have a full house? (laughs) What's the what's the actress's name who got caught manipulating the school system to let oh, her kids Lori in? Oh, Lori Laughlin. Lori Laughlin. Do we have a little, we have a little LL Uncle Beck situation? An, an Uncle Becky and Aunt Becky situation. <laughs> I was thinking of Uncle Jesse because I'm basically always a little bit thinking about Uncle Jesse because John Stamos is um, a god, but whatever. So that's just a lot of questions as far as Jack Frost and Jack Frost Jr.'s relationship. After that awful scene, we cut to the party. Cassie and JR have gone to the party. 
And, and I love, love, love that right before they go into the party, they have like this conversation because Cassie's so nervous because she's never been to a party before and she's feeling super nervous. And he's like, it's okay. I'm right here. These are just kids just like you and me. Let's go mingle. And she's like, yeah. I don't know how to do that. Um, I don't know how to do that. In that moment, I could um, vibe with Cassie. Like, <laughs> I also don't know how to mingle, girl. I'm trying. At the party, they're just meeting all kinds of different characters. And everyone's like, ah, I love your whimsical Christmas vibe. And oh, look at you, girl. Good Can time. I just tell you my favorite part? There's a very stereotypical gay fellow. That's who I was just referencing to. <laughs> part of- He's very, very mm-hmm. homosexual. Flamboyant. Says- we'll say flamboyant. <laughs> he says specifically she goes i haven't decided what my major is i want to study everything i'm undeclared and he goes declared i knew it you have kind of a whimsical flaky vibe yeah you have whimsical flaky vibes are you a scorpio and i'm like <laughs> honey i'm a scorpio so what are you trying to say Whims- right now whimsical flaky vibes like don't that's not a, that's not a compliment. That's awful. I'm like, you just met me, sassy queen. Get out I my know. Face. So basically, as a Scorpio, I took deep offense to that. Whimsical, flaky vibes. Gay is just insulting everyone left and right. And he's just like, <laughs> I'm, just, I'm just being playful, girl. <laughs> They're all like, you're my best friend. I know. And he's like, I don't think you know what friendship means. But Sometimes. that's cute. <laughs> Sometimes we gays, we can get away with saying the craziest stuff. And it's just like, oh, we're the sassy gay. You're just the the sassy sidekick. The sassy sidekick. But I sidekick. guess that's, that's the, the bonus. It's just like freedom of speech whenever you we're, the, want. we're always the sidekick. <laughs> you sassy, dumb slut, bitch. You dirty, donkey, whore. <laughs> oh, girl, you're my favorite. <laughs> you don't know how to do your makeup and your hair looks awful. You dummy. And it's just like, I was about to say <laughs> Dummy. <laughs> Just the way you deliver that. You dummy. You dummy. <laughs> anyway, stop. we're friends. It stopped being sassy and just started beating. <laughs> mean. Actually mean. Such an assault. You dumb bitch. <laughs> so JR's like, hey, do you mind if I go get you a drink? And Cassie, of course, says yes, because who doesn't like a good root beer? I mean, come on. Mm-hmm. It's a party. And while he's gone, they take the opportunity to tell Cassie. Like, uh, did you know that his parents are like super important? I heard that too. Only I heard rich. Super rich. You know he comes from money, right? Like old money? You can tell by the way he dresses. I don't even know how money works, you guys. Is it this paper? And I'm sorry. How the fuck do they know that he comes from money? Like, do they know Jack Frost in this weird world? Are they able to world hop? Um, JR brings her the drink and she takes a sip of it and immediately. So, what did I miss? Cassie didn't know you were rich. She spits it out on the popular girls because, guys, it's vodka and she doesn't know. She's never been in the real world. She doesn't know that college kids drink alcohol. Also, I'm sorry. When does anybody spit out a drink? I mean, I've had some really nasty drinks and I've never spit them out ever. I promise you, I have grimaced. I promise you I have swallowed and it's come back a little bit up the throat. Yeah. Never in my life. Never. Never spit. Never have I actually physically ejected something at will <laughs> out of my mouth. Like in a sprinkler. Like, <laughs> yes. It just doesn't work that way. Did not. I've never done a spit take. She, in that moment, she's getting right to that point. You know when you hang out with people that are cooler than you and you're like, oh, I think they like me. I think this is working. 
Um, she gets right to that point and then spits, and they immediately start screaming at her. Not like, oh, let's just have a sense of humor about this silly thing that just happened. No. no they're immediately like, pure vicious. kill her! <laughs> kill, Hang her! Kill this Santa Claus bitch! <laughs> this whimsical, flaky bitch! <laughs> this whimsical, flaky bitch. So she goes outside to sit and think about what she's done because obviously it's unforgivable. She's sinned she against to be mankind. Probably removed from the school for doing that, I would think. And as she's outside mourning her loss of social status, who is walking by? Our favorite little Bob. Our favorite little sassy Bob, Sam. Sam comes right up in his denim on denim ensemble. <laughs> he just happens to be walking by with his school books. It's like 11 at night. I'm not sure I where think he's it's going, to show what he's, he's doing. He's very studious and that he cares about instead of parties and trying to be cool, he cares more about studying and he's cool in his own way with that denim on denim. He's like, what are you doing out here? It's late and um, you seem sad. And she's like, do you know what vodka is? Yes, I think I've heard of it. Yeah, okay, so you know it tastes nasty, right? Sure. Okay, JR poured me a cup of it, and I took a big gulp because I thought it was soda, and ugh, now I feel like a total idiot. What, because you don't like vodka? No, because I spit it on a girl. Oh, yikes. Yeah, and now I just want to die. And at that moment, JR comes walking out, and Sam has misunderstood the interaction because uh-huh. he thinks His essentially mind goes JR right was. To, uh, he goes right to spiked her drink on purpose. Right. And in Sam's defense, had like, men are trash <laughs> and they do co- constantly roofy women in public spaces. So he's not completely off base in this assumption. However, JR was not doing that on purpose. This. Yeah, again, JR's not that he's not that type of guy. So essentially they have like um you know when like goats lock horns like male goats and they sort of like try to push each other off the cliff. That essentially um, is happening I outside on the sidewalk between JD and Sam. Geographic you're watching. <laughs> I mean JR and <laughs> Okay, uh, well what, it, what it is a thing. <laughs> Locking horns and throwing each other. It's they specifically go to the edge of a cliff, yes! lock horns, and one just has to throw the other one off the cliff. <laughs> They're like, meet me on the cliff in 10. I'm going to push you the fuck off. <laughs> when the moon you goes up wait. and the sun goes down, get out there. So this battle of testosterone takes place, and eventually Sam feels pushed out of the interaction, and he's like, you know what? I'm just going to take my books and be on my way, and I'm, I'm going to go, go study. Jinx. So um jr decides he's gonna walk cassie home because she's just guys she's mortified she's just mortified she's, she's never really able taken to show her this face. To the next level like she's just <laughs> this whole time she's just been having this like yeah it's i feel like I this is she a, doesn't know social cues and stuff yet yeah. but like girl like just read the room it wasn't that bad well actually was it was i guess they threatened to kill her <laughs> this is one of those moments where you do realize she is not in the real world because i'm like um i do at least five of some five times yes. worse six times a day worse, but that did not make it yeah i don't know where you were going with that but i was assuming you meant to say that you would do a lot of that shit <laughs> a lot I during do. the day five times worse times six times seven four <laughs> days a week 24 hours a day i hope that that's clear <laughs> So what I meant to say, yes, essentially was I do far worse 
far more often. And you know what? It gets a lot worse in the real world, my friend. I hate to tell you this, the but real it gets world. a lot worse. <laughs> so she walks romantically home and Sam just takes his book and his binder and decides he's going to utilize this late night study sesh in the library alone with some peace and quiet. And this next scene is, it gets, because this is where it starts to get juicy. Sam's walking home. All of a sudden, it starts snowing in like one spot. And we uh-huh. see that blue light. And he turns mm-hmm. around and freaking Jack Frost is right behind Sam. Scary af, af just appeared, materialized. Look at me, Sam. How do you know my name? I know a lot of things. I know that you're late in paying your college tuition. You're working minimum wage. I also know you're friends with Cassie Claus, and I would like to offer you a job. Okay, I'm going to go with a resounding no, because you are freaking me out, dude. (laughs) I'm from out of town. (laughs) No kidding. Your friend Cassie's father is worried about her, Sam. She's led a sheltered life, never been out on her own. I would like to tell her father that a nice young man is keeping an eye on her. That's the job offer? You want to pay me to watch out for Cassie? And to keep me updated. He's not at all threatened by the fact that this creep with a blue light, a portable blue light, is <laughs> Can make stalking it snow to him. And his freaky ass eyes and his silver <laughs> lips and his silver face and hair. His discoloration is not at all so he's just worrying like, Sam. Oh, hey, guy. Yeah, like Jack Frost takes this moment to tell Sam, essentially, uh, let me tell you all the things I know about you. Mm-hmm. I know you are pathetic. Mm-hmm. I know you are lonely. I know you don't have a family. <laughs> I know you're here studying because you don't get invited to parties. Mm-hmm. And Jack you can Frost see really Sam knows how to drive it in. Sam's like, uh, okay, well, we've never met. So do you want to give me any indication of why this <laughs> list of my failures is relevant at this moment? And so then that's when Jack Frost drops the other shoe and he's like, hey, I have an employment opportunity for you. And I know you are a broke. I was going to say broke folks or something like that, but it doesn't broke really work. ass bastard, but not a bastard, <laughs> so, just broke ass. Also, it's an employment opportunity that will make him exactly 500 <laughs> buckaroos. Exactly the amount that he needs to pay back to Cassie. I get it. $500 from a mysterious silver man that shows up behind me in a dark alley. I'm, yes, I 100% know that you took lots of money from mysterious silver men in alleys <laughs> in your 20s. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I don't know. We'll see. I don't know. Whatever. The whole world's going to blow up. Have a glass of wine. I don't care. Live your life. Have, have two glasses of wine. I don't care. Live it. Take, take money from mysterious men in back alleys. Do it. It does, guys, Do it. we're all going to die. We're all going to die. I mean, if you really want to break this down and a random person approached you in the dead of night uh-huh. with a blue uh-huh. light and was like, hey, I'm going to, I'm in the middle of a business deal. And it's like, it's super important that we keep an eye on the daughter of the person I'm making the deal with. And if you could help me with that, mm-hmm. it would be great. Mm-hmm. I mean, cause think about like, does anything about that seem legitimate? No, I mean, that seems really legitimate to me. Definitely. But Sam does not question even for a moment. <laughs> not does a not hesitate. He's just like, you know what? Done. I am always willing to help. I am here for you. What was your name again? Well, first he's a little hesitant. He's like, you want me to spy on her? And he's like, yeah. Jack Frost's like, yeah, of course. And he's like, oh, okay, all right. 500 is 500. <laughs> yeah, that, that's his 
one. <laughs> like he kind of tries to sound incredulous. I'm sorry, you want me to do what? I'm not gay, but oh, yeah, 20 okay, is 20. Yeah. <laughs> so the, at the other end of the spectrum, so, so on one side, Sam has agreed to spy on Cassie. And on the other end, JR and Cassie get back to her dorm room after walking home. And even though they've made an agreement to only be friends at that moment J- jr leans in for the kiss and who's there to cock block it you know just getting to be near you tonight it was hi there party people <laughs> did you raise the roof you know i'm a beat it's getting pretty late right and you should go to bed, sis. She says she's protecting Cassie, but I think more she was like, maybe he'll miss and kiss me instead. I don't freaking know. I mean, business Santa, he's kind of intimidating. He's kind of scary. Like, no peens, no lips, no touching. Nothing. Be, no bodies. Yes, no body. And so actually it works in her favor because she does like him. She likes JR. Right. But she's also actually doing her job. Let's take a break for a minute. I have a question. Let's break okay. this down. Why couldn't Jack Frost just tell business Santa that his son, J.R., was going to the same college and then they could naturally fall in love? You know what? That would have cleared up so well, much. Like, this movie why? wouldn't exist. <laughs> I was going <laughs> to say it would have cleared true. up everything, but then we wouldn't have had right? this gem. Because then it would have just been like, let them naturally fall in love. They're both going to the same school. Like, why did Jack Frost keep it secret from business Santa that like his son was many... going there to betroth her? If that's what he wanted, I just right. Jack Frost, you've been to too many raves, buddy. Your mind's not working. <laughs> you are right. not thinking clearly. You're not clearly. Just because introduce JR, them naturally and let them fall in JR love. Jr. really like, does like her. Yeah, he does. And, and she he's could like really genuinely really like nice. Him. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Jinx. <laughs> Our passion about this particular subject well, is I just think, boiling <laughs> all over. All of a sudden, I'm like, what the hell? Why is this? That doesn't. The plot does not totally make sense in that term. Yeah, all it took is like one real brief phone call and this would not be a thing. (laughs) Back at the coffee shop with the really testy barista and she's eating some midday cake, just like you do normally. And who do you know pops up? Our favorite little Bob, Sam. Bob, Sam. And he's super stoked because now he has the cashola to pay her back, which he does not mention that he got from Jack Frost. He needs to tell somebody about that interaction just in case his body shows up somewhere. So he finds Cassie and he's like, okay, number one, I can pay you back, which I'm very excited about. Number two, you look like you're terrible at math and you're lucky because I'm great at math. He decides like this is not the place to study in this like, you know, coffee house at the college. I'm going to go somewhere that's way cooler. So he takes her to this like outdoor gazebo mm-hmm. and sexy they gazebo. decide that that's the place where they're going to break down calculus and there's this moment where i have mixed feelings about it because she's like okay you just sounded really smart just then are you a math major and there's this really gendered sort of like men are great at math and women just are so helpless but on the other end i'm like i cannot do math to save my life so i sort of <laughs> get it <laughs> So you're actually just giving into those stereotypes. After she's a helpless woman, they decide they're going to get a little bit personal. And this is where we hear Sam's backstory. And Colin, what do we need to know about Sam? (laughs) 
cool. Moving forward. <laughs> cool, 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 cool. Uh, now I we got that out of the way. I don't know. He doesn't have parents. My parents, uh, they sort of ditched me when I was little. And uh, uh, I was in foster care. Okay, so Sam is an orphan. Uh, His parents abandoned him. I knew it was the P words. Gone. Boom. And I don't know how you missed this. And so this is the issue I have. I I have sympathy for his story. I have empathy for it. I'm so sorry. But he says... There was this, uh, this lawyer woman who helped me. He was taken care of by a lawyer woman. And I'm like, <laughs> if this person, this human being saved you. You're like, going to call him a lawyer woman. Can Random they just woman. have a name, please? It, it could be it could be Jenna. <laughs> she was wearing a doctor's lab coat, a red tankini, and had a hell of a briefcase. We learned that that's why Sam's going to law school. So at the end of this, I also have, I've made the comment that I have mixed feelings about this many times, but the last reason that I have mixed feelings about this interaction is they're wrapping up the tutoring slash therapy session, and he says, you know what, I'm going to get you to woo me. Or I'm going to get you. I'm, <laughs> I'm going to make you woo the shit out of me. <laughs> no, he says, I'm going to woo you. Woo you. And she goes, I'm unwooable. I already told you this. Uh, there's a situation back home. I cannot get out of it. It's oh, locked and loaded. She pretty wooable for JR. Yeah, that she was very wooable when he was leaning in for that kiss right. before she got mm-hmm. cock blocked. So he goes, no, no, I'm going to I'm going to tutor you. And I'm also going to make you fall in love with me. Trust me. And she's like, I'm not. That's not going to happen. I just want to be friends. And he's like, no, no, no. No, no, no. You're going to crush on me. Trust me. This is what's going to happen. And I just am so uncomfortable with like him refusing to just accept the terms that she's laid down. Just come on, Sam. I know you think it's cute and romantic, but Jesus. Sometimes she bitches need no. to be told what to do. <laughs> Oh, hi. Hi, Mike Tyson. Where have you been? Obviously, we're not putting that Where have there. you been hiding? <laughs> oh, um, I'm too tired. I'm dying. <laughs> Bitch, you will get wooed. So... After their study sesh, after he tells the bitch what's going to happen, <laughs> <laughs> after he lays down the law, there's a really tender montage where we see that she's starting to really fit into college life. She is still teleporting into classes, but other than that, everything's going really normally. It's she's having a, tons of fun. It's like just a montage literary of her doing no real things. She's just <laughs> it's a montage of her walking with JR, then walking with Sam, then walking, then walking with, with Pat, then walking with JR, but they're never doing anything. So we assume she's acclimating to college life. It seems like she is, and it's sort of supposed to set the tone that she is spending equal time with JR and with Sam. So after this kind of touching montage of all the things that she's doing with Sam, and after stealing Sam's coat, she decides that she's going to go to a Halloween party, and Sam wants to meet her there. When he gets there, he sees that she's there with JR already, and he's heartbroken, so he mm. leaves. He walks in, and he sees JR there in his big old Trojan Roman soldier outfit. Mm-hmm. 
And guess what Cassie is, you guys? Just take a wild guess what she is. She's just a little kitten. She's a little kitty. She's just a baby kitty. She went from a dirty donkey to a tiny kitty. (laughs) A tiny cold (laughs) kitty that needs to steal from Sam. So he just turns around and leaves. He doesn't even say anything to her. And this is important because the next morning it leads to a confrontation. Mm. So they meet at their sweet mm. gazebes, the one that they've been having their Sounds toot intense. sessions at. Did you say I, their toots? Oh, like tutor. Yes, and then I realized that. toot sessions. <laughs> toot, toot. Sam is real ticked. And his bob, I'm telling his you, it is bob. bouncing. It's, it's even more sassy today. He like blow dried it just so he could have more effect. <laughs> Of him wiggling his head back and forth. So he's really upset. And he's like, you know, I'm like a person, right? With the feelings and stuff. Sam, what's wrong? Nothing. Lots is wrong. Lots is wrong. I like you. I like you. And you know that. (laughs) And you like him. I know that I like you. We both know that I like you. And at this point, I'm sort of like, Sam, did we or did we not clarify this previously? At the gazebes. She told you you're not, I'm unwooable. And he's the one that's like, no, I will woo you. And she's like, no, I would prefer you didn't. And now but he's, he's getting, still. Now he's getting all sassed out because she doesn't, but she kind of does games. That's why I can't stand it. Call her <laughs> Billy Elliot because this is a big game to her. Billy Elliot? He's a dancer. Who are you? Who the thinking hell of? is the chess kid? <laughs> Who's the chess kid? Oh my god, you all know what it is. Bobby Fisher. Bobby Fisher. Why do they think of Bobby Elliott? Billy Billy Elliott. That very sassy dancing boy. Bobby Fisher. Where is he? I I don't know. Billy Elliott. Oh, Billy Elliott. Oh, wait. Um, So Bobby Fisher. Call her Bobby Fisher because she's playing one big old game. (laughs) Landed it. Landed it. Good job. So at the end of this confrontation, Cassie makes a surprise move, y'all. She grabs Sam and kisses him. Kisses and a very awkward. It's not a kiss. It's like when actors just smash their faces up (laughs) against each other. Kind of like they got a running head start (laughs) and then just collided. Sometimes I'm like, I'm not, I don't know what it is like to be an actor. I can't say, but I would like Um, to say. I'm so sorry. I'm so sorry. Can you back it up? Because you, as a matter of fucking fact, do know what it is to be an actor because you were in Forgetting Sarah Marshall. Oh, yeah, you guys. You might see my feet in Forgetting Sarah Marshall. They film, I don't know if you guys know this. I lived in Hawaii. <laughs> we haven't ever mentioned that. And this is a brand new piece they of information. It there, and so I'm, you can see my feet. You can see my face. Oh, but I wanted to say, At basically. At the end, you talk to Jason Siegel. You're I in it. it. You guys, he's being modest. He basically stole the show in the very last I'm, scene. You might look for my name in the credits. Anyway. I, I like really lost my train of thought because I was going to say, I okay, don't know I what don't it's like to be an totally actor. I totally know what it's like to be an actor, but I would figure like when it's a like scene where you have to kiss or do like a romantic kiss, like we know how to kiss, like people know how to kiss. And sometimes it's so weird. Like it's just two smashed faces. I don't think I've ever right. just smashed like no movement of the lips or anything. Like, right. It's just I a sort weird. Of, sm- I'm just like, that doesn't, that's not a natural looking kiss. Like it's right. so unnatural looking. Cause like who just presses lips and just sort of is like putting pressure and then just like backs up. Just had that whole tangent, but she's from the fucking North Pole. She never kissed before. Who's going to kiss? <laughs> That's what she thinks it is. You just, her and Pep are like, um, we're just practicing we're claws. Just practicing no big deal. Claws. And uh, here's where things get dicey because 
now that they've kissed, she's like, oh, I guess we're in it now. And she tells him the whole story, you guys. Where did you come from, Cassie Claus? North Pole. <laughs> I want to tell you the truth. I want to tell you everything, but I'm not supposed to. Listen, you can trust me. Okay, um, Santa Claus is my dad. Uh, we live in the North Pole, and he makes toys and gives them to all the nice boys and girls across the world. Cassandra Claus, you dummy. Why would you do that? Yeah. And he, how does he react you, to this? You lay on the crazy, you go on a couple dates and you slowly <laughs> sprinkle the crazy. You and then slowly you leak it out. Leak, leak it out and then give one big crazy and then leak it out. Like she's just letting it all go on a kiss. So Sam feels super insulted because she tells him, he's like, okay, you could just tell me you don't like me. And she's like, obviously I like you. We just kissed two times in a row. I mean, so <laughs> what I would mean. you say? Like if you kiss someone and they told you that like they're Jack, like... My dad's Jack Frost and he's going for the Frost Kingdom and he's trying to make an allegiance with Santa Claus and my slave elf came with me that I call my sister that we practice kissing on and all I eat is peppermints. Like, what? Of course I'd be like... All I eat is peppermints? Where did that come from? She's a candy girl. She eats, like, so much, like... But you chose peppermints? She's eating, like, cakes and candies this whole time. (laughs) She's just crunching on hard candies the whole time. Peppermint's my ultimate sweet. You guys, I do not like sweet stuff at all. Not a sweets person. As you can tell from my... Where are those peppermint? Peppermint. That was such a good candy choice. Basically, I get Sam. I understand his point of view. That's crazy. That's what you're trying to say. So yeah, he's very insulted. His feelings are hurt. And he doesn't believe her and thinks that she's lying. So Pep's just taken like a little walk around the campus one night. Like, I think it's later that night. Don't ask me what she's doing. She doesn't know anybody. I guess it's like her one hour of freedom or whatever. She gets to just walk around the campus and look at people. <laughs> she's taking her lap. And you guys, no, there's not a soul else on it's, campus. Guys, not a freaking not soul. Not a soul. It's dark. <laughs> and guess who's just taking a little stroll around <laughs> campus, you guys? You guys, Jack Frost <laughs> is just casually walking with around campus with the biggest cape in the world <laughs> many questions about this jack where are you going what you doing what bud you where are you at guys? class what are you doing not only that pep notices jack frost and she yells and he runs he, away head down punched back cape over <laughs> Like his ha- arms out, full cape, running. Like, it's the most ridiculous-looking you know run I've ever like. And <laughs> runs like vampire. I was just gonna say, you know how Dracula in the movie, like he covers his face like with one arm with this cape. That's exactly what he does. He does the, <laughs> the one elbow. Pulls. He does the one elbow cover my face with the cape and sleeks off. And then and she's she- like, Jack Frost, I know you were here. And then she can't find him, and it zooms up. And you see a blue light, and there's little Jack Frost's scary ass face popping out of a big old bush. <laughs> He's hiding in the bush. 
bush. It was hiding in the bush. And I'm just like, <laughs> so many questions. Like, does, does Jack Frost so just hang of her out? Too, which I can't quite get the... He seems like the scarier one in this equation. Yeah, why is he scared of terrified in that She's bush? She's a little elf. She's physically the tiniest. And he got so scared he had to hiss. Cape run away and hide in the bushes. So my probably my favorite scene in the entire movie happens next because it turns out that where Jack Frost was headed on his little jaunt was the campus library. And who's in the campus library, you guys? Well, (laughs) no one, actually. Just Sam. (laughs) Jack Frost is being a perv. He's spying on Sam through the stacks of books. So basically, he's telling Sam, like, I paid you cash monies to spy on Cassandra. What do you have to tell me? But again, I would like to just really reiterate that Sam is not in any way, shape, or... He still does not know who this man is. And he is completely, like, casual about this guy making it snow, popping up behind him in a public library at 12 a.m., and talking to him. And then he this, and he thinks Cassie's crazy. Like, what? I was literally about to say that. I was, it was, I wrote it down. You don't believe Cassie, but you have absolutely no issues with the blue guy who brings you his own personal snowstorm and then pays you to spy on someone. And he starts complaining to Jack Frost. Oh, Cassie doesn't like me. Oh, she told me she was from the North Pole. And... And Jack Frost is like, oh, you don't believe her, do ya? And he's like, I'm not six years old, dude. And I'm like, you're sta- again, you're standing with a man who's creating a personal blizzard not in the library. Not only is he creating a personal <laughs> blizzard, he's like, tell me more. Like, super looking him in the eyes. He's met this guy Sam, two what times. is going on? He wants to know so much more about this twice. girl. Like, he's it's met her, tw- or met him twice. 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 And just, then, when Sam turns around... He turns back. Jack Frost is fucking gone. And Sam still thinks this is okay. Yep. He's just he like, okay, well, back to studying. Literally disappears. And he's just rolls with the punches. I would think at that point, Sam would be like, uh, huh. <laughs> maybe, <laughs> maybe Cassie's onto something. She's from the North Pole and this guy's creating personal snowstorms. Either storms. she's onto something or like, <laughs> She's he, on something. He on something, but it's like, <laughs> but I was going to say, it's like a shared psychosis. Like something bigger is at play here, exactly, isn't there? So like it's not just exactly. an isolated Cassie. Like there's obviously a whole thing going on. Obviously. Okay. So this is a perfect setup for freaking Mr. Frost, right? He's a villain. All he wants to do is cause havoc. So. But we, he's not really like he, I, that, that's the whole thing. He's made to be this villain, but. He's on Santa's side. Like, he wants Santa to inherit Frost. They have the same goals, you guys. The same goals. Keep this in mind. He's not trying to thwart the plan at all. Instead, his son is clearly falling in love with the person he wants him to fall in love with, and he's still stirring shit up. Cassie's still deciding between Sam and JR, but she's leaning towards JR. Yeah, it's it like is. everything's going fine. So he's not really a villain. He's just like an overprotective dad that's a little off his rocker. He's a nosy fucking Nelly. Jesus, Jack Frost. So in, in order to cause more chaos, even though everything's going exactly the way he wants it to, <laughs> Cassie wakes up the next morning and um, 
There's some stuff going around on the interwebs, you, you guys. guys. Cassie, have you seen it? Seen what? Well, your buddy from the bookstore is making a fool of you. They popped up on the school site. Now they're everywhere. This is so mean. The best part is like it's not a hurtful meme. It's you like guys. The, it's their faces, Pep and Cassie, uh, photoshopped onto Santa and an elf, and they're just dancing. Whatever. The meme is the best, you guys. It's the best. And so it causes a lot of drama, basically. Let's just say because. That. Yeah, so I think Cassandra's the one who, you know, is really internalizing this more than anything, obviously, because she knows she sent his daughter. No one else does, but she does. Mm -hmm. And who's the one person and the only person that she's told this to? Who's the one person? Sam. So who do you think Cassie thinks is behind this? Sam. Yeah, exactly. And she wants to talk to that manager. A knock on the door and Sam shows up and he wants to talk to Cassie. Ugh. Cassie immediately is like, no, the you made this embarrassing in- meme. And he's she's with JR, so Sam's also feeling it. Just right. the, it's like one of those like the worst timing type things. You exactly. Could do. He also so, couldn't text her and call her and be like, hey, can we talk? Uh, might yeah, be more that romantic would be... that he came to the door, I guess. Okay, so there's a little montage and And it's kind of essentially saying that Sam's been cut out of Cassie's life. So she's um, really sad. And but then Jr. in the middle of all this, he asks her to the winter formal. And so she gets kind of stoked about that. And one night she's headed back to get ready for it. And who is like sitting in the couch in the common area of the dorms with the saddest, most melancholy look on his face and a big old bag of marshmallows. Sam. Now he kind of has a mopey bob. (laughs) <laughs> he he kind of has a bob that has the it's more like, bees. So he's got a giant bag of marshmallows and he's trying to lure her with that because and we all know she loves candy. So she's like, oh, I'm sorry. Did we forget everything that happened till now? You called me a crazy person. And then you started a vicious viral meme of me dancing with elves. And the, then the you. Uh, yeah, exactly. And now all of a sudden you want to go to winter formal with me? That's a no, bud. Okay, Cassie needs to think about a few things that Business Santa didn't teach her about. Girl, you got to know that that shit sounds crazy in the real world. Like, you got to know. Like, someone needed at, at eventually some time to tell her, like, hey, girl, if you tell this to somebody, make sure that it's you're really, really sure you want to tell them because it might sound super insane to some people. In Mr. Claus's defense, before he dematerialized in the hallway, he did say, (laughs) don't ever, 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 ever tell anyone under any circumstances. And she gets one kiss. Her tusk gets a little pumped and she just tells it all. The floodgates open. I'm Santa Claus's daughter. We won an empire. I'm trying to get Frost Kingdom. Jack Frost is here. He's trying. Like, that, Cassie, you're My right. My parents had an arranged marriage. You're right. like, it's but maybe thing. she needed to go to classes or something to learn this concept because she just really spilled it quick. Most right. guys or fem- most guys or girls would just bounce. Yes. They would not want to deal with that. He rallies train. hard. He, he rallies, rallies hard, hard. And he's like a good person. And he's like, you know what? Even if she's suffering from severe mental illness, I'm still going to go back and, like, make it okay. And I think that's mm-hmm. so good. I'm going to support her, which was very, very tender. But she doesn't want to hear it. So she's like, I got to get ready to go to the ball. Oh, he also says we can go to the ball just as friends if you want. That's okay. Like, he's willing at that point to accept her terms, which is also showing that he's, like, stepping up to the Such plate. a gent. So she says, no, I have to go with JR. I already promised him, so I'm going to go get ready. And he's really sad, and he's playing pool. He's 
he's so sad, you guys. He doesn't even bother styling his bob. He puts it in a little man bun. Like, he's done. He's he, over it. He really is. It's in a, It's the first time it's up. And, you know, I hate to say, but he became, like, I don't know, six times more attractive. I was going to say, like, 72%. I'm not a man bun person. Don't get me wrong. I'm not, like, promoting man buns here. I don't have any problem. I think sometimes they're good. Uh, it depends on I a lot of different love factors. I fucking man factors. buns. Man buns and beards. Oh, my God. Give me a hotter. Jason Momoa man bun. Oh, Nothing's my hotter. Face, but <laughs> Did you just motorboat Jason I motorboated Jason <laughs> <laughs> That's me in the back of his hair. I come up like Dawn behind him to new me and just, oh, and, just- oh, and it's I, so sad. I wish you guys could see the visual. I mean, you're hearing the sounds with the visual of the motorboat of the beard motorboat is the best thing I've ever seen. It's better than the Velociraptor sound. Oh. <laughs> yeah, beard boat. I'm not like going to automatically think you're hot because you're wearing a man bun, but he does. It improves his overall appearance tenfold. Yes, it really does. He looks very cute, very Paul Rudd, very charming. Okay, so he's Paul Rudd, we with get his it. Bun. You love Paul Rudd. <laughs> okay, still trying to Paul slip Rudd that in there first... a couple times. Oh, so Paul he Rudd, so Paul celebrity. Rudd, so Paul Rudd. He's very Paul Rudd right now. My, young Paul Rudd. You know what? I don't think I've ever really thought about this, but my last name is Rudd. I have the same oh, last name as Paul Rudd. You do. How did have you, you not ever put that put together? That together? <laughs> I know. He was my first celebrity crush, even. I guess I feel like because he's uh, like a celebrity. 1997, Romeo and Juliet. Oh, my goodness. He was dreamy. I mean, he got blown out of the fucking water when Leonardo DiCaprio came into the picture. But they both aged phenomenally, and Paul Rudd is still 10 out of 10. So handsome. Would have sex. Yes. So he's being sad. I've said this like 10 times, and we've never got to the point. But he's moping with his man bun, playing pool like a sad sack. And who who comes to, if you don't mind me saying, uh, put a little pep in his step? (laughs) Nice one. But it's Pep. (laughs) If you didn't get that, guys. (laughs) I wanted to ask you some questions about that mysterious man you were talking to. Did he have a pointy face? Pointy face? Yeah. Creepy blue eyes? Yeah. Did you get the shivers when you were near him? Shivers? Shivers, man! Were you cold? Yeah, yeah, I I was cold. I knew it. Jack Frost is on campus! So this is the best part about this conversation, because she's like, hey, have you met this man? He's got blue eyes. And he's like, hmm... (laughs) No, and she's like, you um, know, that does not sound familiar. And then Tell she's me like, more. Um, he's really cold and wears a cape. And he's like, I just don't know. Okay, he's blue. He has blue eyes, wears a cape, and he's terrifying looking. <laughs> and he's like, I just, Beth, That's what are you talking about? Any bells, it's not ringing girl. any bells. And she's like, he makes it snow when he's around you. <laughs> he has terrifying blue eyes, frosted tips, blue skin, a blue black light, and beautiful frosted face. And he's like, oh. Oh, yes, that does I think ring a bell. I uh-huh. think I remember something about that. And you're like, Sam, come on. Come on, dude. I know you're a straight guy and you just don't pay attention to other guys. Yeah, no, yep. They just don't. <laughs> no homo. Nope. But you and I both know we're talking about Jack Frost. Okay, Still whatever, not Sam. Putting anything together. You know what, okay. Sam? Who has the mental oh. illness now, huh? <laughs> <laughs> Who's struggling with their own mental demons, huh? So she convinces him to win Cassie back, essentially. Now let's get to what actually matters. How do you feel about Cassie? Doesn't matter how I feel. She hates me. No, she doesn't, Sam. I can tell when she looks at you. 
Look, I'm a simple elf. I make my toys, I eat my candy, I love to frolic. Frolic? Elves frolic. But I know this. You have to follow your heart. And if you like her the way I think you do, then you have to tell her. She's like, listen, just go to the winter formal. I know she likes you. You like her. Just go. So he books it. He runs, runs, runs all the way to the winter formal. Before Sam reaches, because he's running across campus, so it's going to be a while. So before he gets there, we see the interior of the winter formal, which is like a small living room with a Christmas tree in it. I think it's maybe a cleaned out garage. Even though it's taking place in a garage, they're making it seem like it's the presidential gala. The size of the live band is equivalent to the amount of guests that are in the room. It's sad. I know they spent their budget on the live band, (laughs) but they needed to spend it on a little more extras. It's three people in tuxedos and a huge band and a Christmas tree with doilies on it. A whole college winter winter formal is this one teeny itty bitty room where 90% of the guests are the band. (laughs) It's very odd. It's very, very weird. (laughs) And so... The most comfortable. Speaking of of crazies or someone who seems a little off his rocker, JR decides he's not even going to wait, like, even a little bit. Like, from the get-go. The second that he spies Cassie at the Winter Formal. He's wooing her. He's like, girl, I have something to tell you. He's a good guy. Like, he's a nice guy. He's a charming guy. He's a well-traveled guy. JR's been amazing this whole time. He's respectful. Little cardboardy. Little cardboardy. He He's a fabulous dancer. That would get me in a heartbeat. If a guy dances, I'm like, yes, please sign me up. He says, hey, there's something I need to tell you. I have to come clean. JR is not my full name. What's his full name? Jack Frost Jr., right? Get it? JR. R. Jack Jr. Yep. JR. So, but wouldn't it juniors, be JJR? Well, JR is Jr. JR is short for Jr. No, I, but wouldn't it be no, JR because he's Jack Frost Jr.? No, I get what you're saying, but what J-F-J-R. I'm saying is <laughs> JF small JR JR? <laughs> yeah, like JR is short for Jr. And so I think they're just calling him Jr. You know what I mean? Oh, okay. <laughs> I know. <laughs> that was sad. You had to explain that to me. Just did not connect the dots. I'm just okay, like, wait, sweetie. so is it Jack, J-F, apostrophe, lowercase J and lowercase R, period? Is that what you're telling me? Are you telling me it's like Junior, like J-R from Jack it's, Frost, which is eliminated from the name? Jack Frost, apostrophe-esque. So Jack Frost's Junior. Okay, so he just took off the front part of that. So he's just after the comma and the lowercase jr. I get it. Yes, yes. You did it, girl. You did it. You got it. So he's like, I'm Jack Frost Jr. Yes, we've been betrothed. Yes, I knew who you are. But I just wanted to fall in love with you for real. I just didn't want the pressure. And bless his heart. Like, to his credit, he's like, I just wanted you to fall in love with me for real. That's so so good, jr. Right? Because he didn't push her. So... He's he proposes to her. They're like 18 years old, whatever. He gets down on his knee at the winter formal in front of all three guests and all 27 <laughs> band members. <laughs> They're all the band members are shocked. The guests, not so much. <laughs> and then right at that moment, Sam, Sassy Bob, Sam. And Sam walks in just in time to see 
this whole thing go and down. And he is not having it because Pep just revealed the whole freaking plan. So he's mm-hmm. so educated. He sees this. He's really upset. And, and what you guys, do you he think does happens? not deal with this in, with his words. He does not use his words for no, this conflict. he goes straight to deal. He's so emotionally overwhelmed that he goes to dealing with it with his fists. To be honest, Jack Frost Jr., I think, J-R-J-F-R-J-F-F-R, he actually starts kind of beating Sam up a little bit. But who has a little twinkle in their nose? That would be Cassifras. So Cassifras puts a little twinkle and it stops Jack Frost's fist from hitting Sam. Cassifras stops their fighting. And instead of saying the the thing she should say, which is, you guys are both idiots. Why are you punching each other's faces off? I'm going to go run away with Pep. She says, I'm going to, yeah, like, I think I'm just going to uh, marry JR and I'm just going to get out of here. Just, I'm going to just take off with him. So, yes, Cassie just decides that she's going to go off with JR. She- Mm-hmm. She's like, uh, I'm going to marry Jr. Like he needs, he needs me. My family needs me. My dad needs oh, me. The, yeah. the it, multi-conglomerate. Sorry. You um, made it sound monopoly. like this is what she wanted to do, but she has this moment where she realizes that she needs to save the family line. But she essentially goes like, I don't belong here. This is the real world. I don't fit in here. Jr. really will understand me as like a fairy person who doesn't belong in real people time, and it's just going to be better. Like our businesses. We'll survive. Our families need us. Our dads need us. So we're just going to go back. And it all comes to head right then at the winter it all comes that three people. It all at. comes to head. Everyone starts going down on everyone. <laughs> God, I knew that was coming. <laughs> the way you said it. I said it it's all, all coming to head. head. It's all comes to head. The better, <laughs> the more you'll stay. Um, She's I all, okay, guys, I know how to head. solve this. Guys, I know how to solve this. <laughs> JR, Sam. Go down on me right now. Let's see. <laughs> Who's better? Whose tongue's better? Let's go. It all comes and to a head. Like... <laughs> Just in front of everybody. All three visitors at the <laughs> winter room. Visitors. The band They're is like, so wow. wow. <laughs> that would be the best. They start playing slow jazz. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, when? <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, still gotta judge. Keep going. <laughs> That's Cassie's like, it is real magical tonight, my friends. And so she decides she's gonna go back to the North Pole. And so the next scene is Cassie standing in her North Pole closet with her wedding dress on. The wedding's about to start. Her dad comes in to talk to her, and she is very upset. She's got tears in her eyes and her dad all of a sudden decides he's going to pay attention to her for like 0.5 seconds. You may be thinking of that other young man, your friend Sam. He's a really nice boy, Dad. I think you would have really liked him. I was really gaming. (laughs) I got played. (laughs) (laughs) That's a good one. So just like Bobby Fischer, I got played. Um, so her dad is like, well, it seems like maybe you really like him. And she's like, it doesn't matter anyway, dad. It doesn't matter. Like I'm doing, I'm marrying JR. I'm doing what's right. Everybody needs me. Just leave me alone for like five minutes. Get it. I'll get it together. And then we'll get married. (laughs) So he runs, he runs out of the room. So, um, Santa decides he's going to teleport somewhere. And where does he teleport? To our favorite little Sam with a bomb. Sam friends, Bob, yes. 
So I'm having trouble with names and understanding. It's okay. <laughs> I'm having trouble with the English language tonight. It's not a big deal. Not a big deal. Santa scares the shit out of him. And he's like, I'm sorry, who are you? And he's like, Cassie's father. So he goes, Santa. And he goes, we're not on a first name basis. And I'm like, Santa... You're on a first name basis with everyone. Who are you kidding right now? Mr. Claus? No one's going to say that. Santa Claus, get off but your high freaking horse exactly and step down to the Santa ground. Does. He's like, Mr. Claus. And I'm like, Santa, small children sit on your lap and call you Santa. You're not like, it's Mr. Claus. Yeah. <laughs> So All of a sudden, stupid. you're formal. I shouldn't go back to the North Pole quite yet because he's basically like, hey, you're going to need to come with me. My daughter is super stoked about you. And he's like, yeah, but she's marrying someone else. He's like, I think we can probably take care of that. Seeing how as I orchestrated the entire wedding, I can probably call it off. <laughs> so back at the McCastle, Jack Frost is so mad because the wedding is now running late. And he's like, if this wedding does not start, it's going to be a breach of contract. And he's about to freaking, and he, oh, all of Kringle industry will reser- revert to Frost and Son. <laughs> That's the contractual <laughs> agreement. Chris Kringle Industries will revert to Frost, to Frost and, Son, and Son, which you would think Jack Frost would want because he is in control of Frost and Son, as you could tell by name. So he but would get power over everything if they don't get very, married. Very intense about them getting married so that Chris Kringle can. There's gotta be, I'm waiting for the big thing. There's gotta be, that is the worst contractual agreement in the world. Right. It's like he wants it to be 50 50. It like doesn't make any sense. Now he's just becoming the, the annoying mom. Thwarting them getting together would have been a better outcome for him, right? Because, like, them not getting married would be the breach of contract, and then he could take Chris Kringle Industries over, and Jack and Son are twice as wealthy because the breach of contract has right? allowed them to take I'm, over the other business. I'm desperately confused. Oh, Jack Frost, movie. you, there's a reason why your business is failing, uh, my friend. I don't think you know how to do business. <laughs> Leave it to business, Santa Jack. Um... Sam and Mr. Claus, not Santa, Mr. Claus, take a flying Corvette back Are you to the North me? Pole. Santa's basically like, this is how I get around reindeer. <laughs> <laughs> and he's got this giant contract. We're guessing that Mr. Business Claus is wanting his daughter to be happy. Right. His little heart is softening. Over the so, merge of the business. And so this- he's getting Sam back as fast as he can. Hopefully before the wedding, which he controls so again he could just call call. yeah exactly (laughs) just uh you know guys just shut this down hey guys you know i want my daughter to be happy let's not do this today but instead he chooses to let it continue with crazy aunt jack frost just so he can be a drama queen and come back and crash the wedding what a freaking narcissist the worst like you don't get enough attention santa yeah i mean i think you mean mr claus i mean mr claus (laughs) So my favorite thing in the world is that when we start panning over the wedding guests, it's uh, who's in the front row, but Tooth Fairy Mr. Tooth Fairy himself, looking fly as fuck, actually, no pun intended. <laughs> actually, every guest that's attending the wedding, which is taking place again in the same place that the winter formal took place, um, 
pretty sure it's the same venue. Everybody, we've got the bitchy bookstore girl. <laughs> we've got bitchy mm-hmm. barista. We've got pretty much everyone who is in the movie extras all together. Mm-hmm. And there's they're maybe dressed in different clothes, and they're like, no, 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 these are different people. These are different people. Don't worry about <laughs> right, it. Right? They just dress in different people, and it's like also. They're all, like, normal human people, not elves. So where did they come from to be attending a wedding at the North Pole? I know. It doesn't... How did they get there? I don't know. Maybe humans and elves have this weird breach. I don't know. Alliance? I don't know. I don't know. I don't know. I'm asking way too many questions about this, because... We're at the very end, too, and we're just deciding to let all the questions go. (laughs) Son is marrying Santa Claus's daughter, and I feel like now's the time to start asking questions. During the middle of the wedding... Uh, basically, Cassandra Claus decides to tell JR that she just can't do it. Mm-hmm. So at that moment, of course, who pops up with this sassy, I'm here to ruin the moment, Bob? That would be Samantha. <laughs> it's Sam, not Samantha. Our, our well, it could Sam. be short for Samantha. He could have you don't know. Name Samantha. We don't know, but you he's going to refer to Sam. He pops in with Mr. Claus, business Claus. And sure enough... This delays the wedding a little bit. And so guess what happens because the wedding is delayed and didn't happen exactly at this moment. Jack Frost is going to implode. So the wedding gets delayed. Jack Frost is furious and he gets up and basically It doesn't get delayed, my friend. It gets canceled. Well, it gets canceled. Yes, sorry. It gets thrown into disarray. By the way... Sam read the 500-page contract in the Ferrari ride to the MP. <laughs> I was going to get to that, yes. So, And while this is happening, Sam does pull out the contract that he got in the you Christmas guys, Ferrari. There's a loophole. There is a loophole to this whole thing, which completely renders it useless. Um, Guess what the loophole is? Uh, if you spy on someone... <laughs> It's null and void. And I'm sorry, who's been spying? Who's the only one in this whole movie? He says he didn't even need to do it. None of this he needed to do. It's agonizing. This whole movie is total fucking nonsense. He never had to spy because there was nothing to spy to do. (laughs) They were already falling in love. They were already falling in love. She would have just met his son and fallen in love with him. And if JR hadn't have gone nutso and Frost Blue Eyes and start punching Sam, none of this would be happening. Everything would have been perfect for literally everybody in the movie. Jack Frost shot himself in the foot so hard he made his own freaking contract null and void. It is Ugh, the it's freaking beautiful. best. It's the and best. And everybody's so shocked to hear this from Sam. Like, oh, it's null and void. But and Sam would be the one to find the loophole because he's going to law school. Oh, my God. Obviously. That's why he read the contract. God, this movie's a little deeper than I thought, for sure. <laughs> so anyway, yes, everyone's shocked. And then Sam and Cassie pretty much, like, run away and start kissing and giggling and having fun. And, and um, the dad's like, other. all of a sudden... Because Jack Frost is still trying to be like, you need me, you need me, you need me. And all of a sudden, Mr. Claus has a change of heart. And he's like, you know what? I'm going to actually just go get on my sleigh and deliver gifts. And yeah, I don't need you. I don't need this business shit. Yep. He's like, I'm don't worry about profit anymore. I'm not worried about this saving our business nonsense. What I am worried about is giving kids presents on Christmas and maintaining the magic. And you know who taught me that? Cassifras's mother. She was the best thing that ever happened to me. I don't know what I've been thinking this entire time. I'm getting my shit together. Mm, mm, See you later. Mm, mm. 
Yes, please, Santa, you do that. Right. So, <laughs> I don't know what I was trying to be sassy, but I said the most boring Santa. But yes, I was trying to say, Santa, you get it. You, you totally could call it. it. Uh, yes, you, Santa, <laughs> do it, girl. JR proves himself. Cassie says, like, I'm really sorry. I did not mean to hurt you. And she's, he's like, are you kidding, girl? Like, I do want, I want to get married. I'm way too young. And so he's like, good luck with Sam. He's very generous. He's very kind. Still the good guy. JR so is a Jack good Frost dude. is the only fucking douche in this entire yeah, situation. JR is a good dude. I mean, he did have his moment, which he didn't technically need to have, to, but he needed to have right. it to make this story arc happen. Otherwise, he'd have been a perfect fit and it would have been yes. fine. Guess who moves in right when um, Cass officially gives JR the boot? Who's right there? Pep. So basically, you got it. Cassie runs away with Sam. Pep's going to make the moves on JR. Jack Frost, like an idiot, falls <laughs> into the wedding cake. And you would think that he gets out immediately. Like, if no. you fell into a wedding cake, you'd pick yourself up. No, nope, he right? just motorboats it and looks like he's eating it really mm-hmm. intensely. And then he's ang- he's raging. He's raging. And then to kind of add the icing on the cake for the ending of this no movie, pun where happy. Oh yeah, no pun intended. Um, a beautiful mistress that no one has seen before, thus into this point. Does not have a name. Does not have a name. We don't know her. She hands a cookie to Santa. And he kind of gives her this look. And then you understand. Okay. Because by the way, everyone's getting their come up. He hasn't been eating cookies, remember? He lost weight. Discipline. And he said part of it was no cookies, discipline. no sugar, and discipline. And so the fact that he gave in and ate a cookie from this beautiful mistress shows that people are moving ven- forward. His veneer is breaking. He's evolving. Everyone is progressing in a really good way, except for Jack Frost. But you know what? Yep. He's Guy frozen in time, He's so frozen to speak. in a mindset that just doesn't work anymore. So Santa goes to deliver the toys, and I guess Sam and I don't know if they're going to go back to college when Christmas break is over. That's a weird thing to return to, but you're or right. Or they're I don't know. just, you know, going to wait it out at the North Pole. I'm not sure. I'm sure being in the North Pole right when you commit to this relationship is a little bit like people who started dating right at quarantine and decided uh, to just quarantine nope, together, and nope, now they're no. regretting it. <laughs> So, wow, that was a movie, you guys. That were oof. that sure was a movie. And let me tell you, I did really enjoy like some of the acting. Uh, Jack Frost is a vision and should win an well, Oscar for that laugh more. alone. <laughs> <laughs> um, but Sam, Sam was a good little actor. Basically, this movie was well acted with the two main characters, and I even liked the acting of Pep. But overall, as you can tell, if we didn't make it, you know, even more difficult for you to follow along, it's a ridiculous movie that doesn't make any sense. The movie was overall, I would give it Christmas Spirit, like maybe a three. Like maybe two and a half snowflakes. Man bun involved, like maybe seven and a half. Yeah. If they if he keeps that, if they would have just cut poor baby Sammy's hair... That was just a weird de- weird decision on their part. Hopefully- we were really happy to share it with you because when we as soon as we saw it, we knew it was going to be like in rotation. It, as soon as we saw Jack Frost laugh in the library, oh. we were like, mm, yes. <laughs> I'm glad you guys got to watch and listen along with us. It was so fun. And we'll I would put encourage our favorite you, clips on Instagram as usual. I would encourage you to go watch Santa Girl on Netflix. Anyway, next week we're going to be Back with regular spin, we're going to do Baywatch Hawaii, the finale of season one. 
And then so excited, you guys. It's going to be good, you guys. We're kind of combining. There's like a crescendo of the last three episodes. So. That should be finishing out the season. And then, but the next week after oh, that, next, we'll yes, release the finale. So that will kind of start the new year of 2020, which oh, hope and praying to God, it's just a little bit better than, or sorry, 2021, which is a little bit better than 2020. And again, thanks for listening to us like rant and ramble about a really ridiculous Christmas movie. <laughs> and thanks for sticking in as usual. Stick it in. All right, guys. Have <laughs> the happiest of holidays. Yeah, true. But then you were in the risk of running into yeah, the person you like with people, someone else. Oh my God, that just brought back a memory of when I asked this guy that I had a really huge crush on um, to winter formal um, in college, and he felt sorry for me and said yes, because he was nice, but he was dating someone else and didn't tell me. So if I would have known that, I would have been like, just go with her, but he (laughs) didn't do that. He went with me. (laughs) <laughs> and then I double dated with my roommate who was going with his friend slash roommate. And we all go back to their house. I know I'm not hooking up with this person. He does not like me. He is not physically attracted to me. That's fine. <laughs> I think we're going to like watch a movie or something. Still, try to get that. Try to get that kissing. No, but wait, because I've made peace with this. But my my roommate who I was on the double date with starts making out with her date, who was his best friend. And my date goes in his room and his girlfriend comes over and goes in his room. And so I'm just sitting that there. That is the saddest, sweetest, most precious thing I've ever heard. Cadence. I can't even tell you how much I wanted to melt into the couch. Who thinks that's an appropriate thing to do? Bless. <laughs> We're just in silence. I'm still in shock. I'm s- too sad to make jokes. And I, would- I did have that happen too one time, though. To be fair, not oh, that makes quite me feel better. That sad, but basically, <laughs> I was at somebody's house that I was dating for a while, and some guy knocked the door, and I answered it, and he's like, "Hi," and I'm like, "Is this, you know, what the who the hell are you?" And he's like, "I think I left my belt here." <gasps> hmm. And then he came in and he, cause he had, we had no idea of the, each other. We were both mistresses. Oh my goodness. Did remember, you guys? Well, I remember being like, oh, it's just probably just a friend. It's just a friend. And then I was like, no. And then I left. Who and left I, a belt? Yeah. I was like, no, I know how this goes. Come on. It wasn't even like a book or like a bag. <laughs> I know. Like, and I'm like, I left my underwear here. I know, right. <laughs> I left my gravy flavored condoms in the store. And I'm like, okay, <laughs> I was just you guys are just friends. Same joke.